Uh, go ahead and go to Leviticus tonight. Leviticus chapter 19. The last few weeks we've been, uh, you know, we've been preaching on different standards for different things, and um, not so much preaching on standards tonight. But I want to show you something in the Bible that uh, there's some real good teaching in here that just kind of really shows you the mind of the Lord and how He thinks. And when it comes to standards, it has become a very complicated subject. It's become, uh, you know, it's become even a controversial subject. People don't like you talking about standards. And people don't like when you are so sure that something is wrong, that something is a sin. Uh, it's like most people today, they want to have this idea that everything's black and white, that right and wrong, it, it's your interpretation. It's how you feel about it. And the truth is, that isn't the way it's supposed to be. And that's the whole reason God gave us the Bible. The reason He gave us His Word is so things would be clear. But things are not clear today for many people. There's more, it seems like there's more controversy. We argue about more things today. There's more confusion amongst churches today than ever before. And I believe the reason for that is because when it comes to standards, Okay, the things that we use to, you know, measure everything up by, the, you know, the Bible uses a term that we're going to look at several times where it talks about balances, okay? It talks about balances. And remember, you know, back in the day, you know, they would have those scales or balances. You've all seen the picture before of the uh, blind justice picture of the lady holding a pair of balances, wearing a blindfold, and, you know, justice is supposed to be blind, they're supposed to weigh the evidence. And see which way it goes. And that's something that they did since the beginning of time. And people today are messing with things that are definite, that always have been definite, that are, have always been sure. And as a result, we've got mass confusion in our world today. And look at what Leviticus chapter 19 verse 35 says. It says, ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment and meat yard, which is a measurement, in weight, or in measure, just balances, just weights, a just ephah, a just hen shall ye have. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, I'm going to jump around to a lot of passages. You don't have to follow along. You can take notes if you want. But we see here, I mean, God says very specifically, I want fair measurements. When you all figure out how you do your money, when you figure out how you do your weights, when you're trading, whatever it is you're doing, I want you to be fair in how you do it. We see very much that God loves loves fairness and He hates unfairness. He hates cheats. He hates people that are, are going to be tricky on how they do things. And He said, when it comes to your measurements and the things you use, He said, I want you to be fair, adjust weight, adjust balance. And then I'm just going to read several verses here. Proverbs 11.1 1 says, A false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight. Okay? Now, so we don't use those things today. You know, we have things like paper money and coins, and we all know the value of these things. But back then, they would use those things quite a bit. And if people were, you know, if they had divers' weights, is a term you'll see a lot in the Bible, where it had all these different weights so they could, you know, manipulate things to their advantage. God hated that. He said it's an abomination. And you know, many of the things that the Bible says are an abomination. Okay, or what? I guess what makes something an abomination is when people, you know, take things 
that are obvious, that are clear, and they twist them and they manipulate them. Okay? For example, you know, a lot of the sexual sins in the Bible, like homosexuality and bestiality and all that stuff, the Bible called it an abomination. And one time it says, you know, it is confusion. Okay? Things that have always been very clear, and we'll talk about this a little more later, you know, like marriage, for example. It's all, everybody's always known what it was. Since the beginning of time, it has been crystal clear, yet we've got a false balance today, don't we? We've changed things around today, and now there is confusion on that. It's always been clear the gender of a child. It's always been crystal clear since the beginning of time. Male and female created He them. But yet, it's a confusing subject today. Why? Because we've got all these false balances. We've got these divers' weights and things, and that's an abomination to God. He hates it. Proverbs 16.11, A just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are His work. Proverbs 20.23, Divers' weights are an abomination unto the Lord, and a false balance is not good. Ezekiel 45.10, Ye shall have just balances, and a just ephah, and a just bath. That's not talking about taking a bath, but it's talking about you know a weight there. Uh, Job thirty one six. Sometimes when it would use that term too, when it would talk about balances, it was talking about you know when you would judge somebody. Like I mentioned, the lady holding the scale uh, that repre- the balances that represents that blind justice. Okay, if you if you know are charged with something, they're going to bring evidence. Okay, you know the prosecutor brings evidence, the defense brings evidence. They're supposed to weigh it out. And if it lands in your favor, then hey, you're good to go. But if it lands against you, you're in trouble. And Job in 31.6, he says, Let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. Okay? And when it comes to our justice system, we should have an even balance. Okay? Everything it should be fair across the board. And I think a great example of something that is not an even balance is when it comes to things like hate crimes. Okay? You know, it a person to me, if you get if somebody gets murdered, okay, it ought to be the same consequence for everybody. It ought to be death. Okay? And that, that would be biblical. But the truth is, you can get in more trouble if you murder somebody like because they were black or because they were whatever. That's considered a hate crime. And they will punish those people harsher. Now how is that fair? They did the same crime. You know, if I went and stole something from one of you, I should get in trouble for that. But if I go and I steal from somebody just because they're a minority or they're a homosexual or something like that, I'm going to get in more trouble. That's that's not an even balance right there. Okay, that that would be wrong. We shouldn't do that. Many times, people uh, when they get charged with something, okay, there is uh, an uneven balance. For example, when it comes to a lot of the police shootings. Okay, what is one of the factors that they always like to throw in there? What was the race of the police officer that shot the person? And if they, if if a black person gets shot by a white police officer, it's always different than if it was a black police officer. That's not fair. That is not an even balance, and that is an abomination to God. And we ought to be ashamed of what's going on in this country, the way people are treated differently just because you know, of their race and they're going to assume that they, if the guy was white, well, he must have done it because he was white. 
or you know, because white people are all racist. No, that is not an even balance. Not right. Job said, let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know my integrity. He was saying if it's an even balance, if I'm treated fairly, it's going to come out in my favor. Favor. And people used to have that attitude. They used to trust our justice system. And they always like, yeah, go ahead, try me. They believed that we had a balanced scale and even scale and they were confident that hey, if I get accused of something, I believe you know justice will be done. I will be okay. But you know what? People don't feel that way anymore. I know I don't. Man, I do everything I can to make sure I don't even get accused of anything. Because these days, one thing too we're seeing, if somebody gets accused of something, one thing that influences judgments like you wouldn't believe is if it goes viral on social media. If everybody on social media is demanding that person's head or whatever, they do. Those things get sped up. Those things are handled different. I mean, it's just it's wicked. We ought to be embarrassed by that. And unfortunately, many Americans aren't. But look at Amos chapter 8 real quick. Look at Amos chapter 8. I want to show you a phrase in here. Verse 1 says, Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, A basket of summer fruit. Then said the Lord unto me, The end is come upon my people of Israel. I will not again pass by them any more. And the songs of the temple shall be howlings in that day, saith the Lord God. There shall be many dead bodies in every place. They shall cast them forth with silence. Hear this, O ye that swallow up the needy, even to make the poor of the land to fail, saying, When will the new moon be gone, that we may sell corn, and the Sabbath that we may set forth wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel great, and falsifying the balances by deceit, that we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of shoes, yea, and sell the refuse of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the excellency of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their works. You see that? God was upset when He saw they're falsifying the balance. They're messing with things. On purpose, they are manipulating everything so it will work to their advantage. They're taking advantage of the poor. And look at verse 8, "...shall not the land tremble for this, and every one mourn that dwelleth therein, and it shall rise up holy as a flood, and it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon and I will darken the earth in the clear day. I'm not positive, but I wonder if this is a reference to the sun being darkened and moon turned to blood that happens before the great and terrible day of the Lord. I'm not sure, but it says, And I will turn your feasts into mourning and all your songs into lamentation. And I will bring up sackcloth upon all loins and baldness upon every head. And I will make it as the morning of an only sun and the end thereof as a bitter day. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor of a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord, and they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro and seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. And right here we see God pronounce a terrible, terrible judgment on Israel. And we see that part of why was because of them falsifying the balances. When people start cheating... Okay, God, I mean, it, it's, it's wrong for anybody to cheat, but one of the reasons it's so bad when people cheat, when they start manipulating things, is now, it's like, it's just kind of a natural thing. When somebody cheats you, it's like, I've got to find a way to get it back. And you're more likely to go cheat the next person. And it, it does, it can literally start this cycle 
of cheating and it, it can corrupt a nation. And we see today that because, for example, you know, our government is very crooked. It's very corrupt in how they do things. I mean, we've got organizations like the IRS out there that are just, you know, fleecing people like you would not believe. And so people, they feel like, you know what? I'm, I'm, they know they're getting cheated. They know it's not fair the way our tax code is. So a lot of people and a lot of businesses think, you know, I've got to find a way to do right by myself. So what do they do? Well, everybody's scared to go up against the government or the IRS, so they end up cheating, you know, the people in their stores. You know, and a lot of corporations, yes, they are fleecing people too. They are taking advantage. They are manipulating people. I mean, they're doing things that are unfair because, you know, hey, we got to protect ourselves. And then the customers, man, you know, we're getting robbed by everybody. We're getting robbed by the government. We're getting robbed by all these corporations and things. You know, what are we going to do? You know, a lot of these, well, a lot of us work for some of these corporations too. You know, that are seem like they're constantly taking advantage of us. And so, you know, I, I got to get whatever I can. And then we start maybe, or I don't want to say we I don't do this. I don't think, but you know, maybe you go, you get tempted to start stealing from the place you work. Maybe not by taking anything, but you know what? Maybe people that are lying on their production, they're you know acting like they did more than they actually did. You know, they're you know playing with the numbers, and I'm telling you, there's not a lot of honest people out there today, are there? And this this type of dishonesty, when we start having these false balances, it does it has a chain reaction, and it literally can corrupt a whole nation. I mean. Anybody besides me ever felt like it? You know, the deck's just stacked against me. <laughs> I know I felt that way many times. You know, how am I supposed to make it and be honest? I mean, it, I've been there before. You know, you know, it's not a sin to be tempted. Okay, Jesus was tempted, wasn't he? Okay, and you know, I've sat there before. You know, when they're in the bank and they're counting the money, and it's like. I wonder how I could get in that safe, you know. <laughs> you, know I mean, you know, you think those things sometimes, don't you? We've all had those opportunities where we could have gotten away with something, but you know, hopefully you have enough of God in you that you didn't do it. But you know, we're tempted, aren't we? And think about all the world that's out there that's lost, that don't have the Holy Spirit guiding them. And I'm telling you, our country today, I believe, is in huge trouble already, and we're heading for more trouble because of all the false balances, the divers' weights that are being used. I mean, I could go on and all the Scriptures. Micah 6.10 Are there yet treasures of wickedness in the house of the wicked? And the scant measure that is abominable? Okay, the scant meaning you know, thinness or leanness. It's something you know, it's cheating. It's not right. God says that's, that's abominable. Shall I count them pure with the wicked balances? With a bag of deceitful weights? Revelation 6.5 We see... Uh, and when he had opened the third seal, I heard a third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld him, lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when you look at that, it doesn't sound that bad. You know, measure wheat for a penny. But let me tell you, this, a penny back then isn't like a penny today. Do you all remember that parable that Jesus told back then? Where you see a penny was a day's wage. Imagine just a measure of wheat for a day's wage. 
what that's talking about, that's talking about a horrible famine that is going to be going on during the tribulation. Okay, it's talking about measures. And I'm telling you right now, our country deserves a famine like you wouldn't believe. I hope God's merciful to us. I really do. I'm not wishing for it to happen, but we deserve it as a nation. I mean, our country is just full of crooks. It's run by crooks. And I mean, from the top to the bottom. I mean, just crooked. You know, in our state, our, I love our Constitution. I love the Second Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed upon. But in Illinois, in America, where we have the Second Amendment, I have to pay a large fee to enjoy the right to bear arms. If I want to, just to conceal and carry, I can't even open carry. In a country with the Second Amendment, in Illinois, I have to pay them for a right that the Constitution guarantees me. And we wonder why our state is in such horrible trouble financially. Why our state hasn't had a budget now in almost a year. I mean, it's only a matter of time before we go bankrupt. Why? Because our state is just robbing people. It's, it's ripping people off. I mean, they do crooked things all the time. You know, a while back, several years ago, they, they quit sending out those notices when your license plates expired. You remember that? And I remember my license plate expired and I didn't know it. I was used to getting one of those things in the mail. I was driving my dad's car one time and theirs expired. They didn't know it. It was around that time they had quit doing that and I got a ticket for it. As I just found out, hopefully the government's not listening, I just found out my trailer, the sticker on my trailer expired over a year ago. I didn't know that. It was on my trailer that I used to bring the lawnmower over here. So i got to go get that taken care of this week. I just went to look because I was thinking it's got to be coming close. I never even renewed it last year. So I've been ripping off the government, I guess. But, it, but you know, they were ripping me off to begin with. So they deserve you know, Isn't that how we feel? And you see how it spreads? I'm telling you, it's, it's out of control. And listen, all who do these type of things, who, who cheat, that manipulate... Okay, that mess with the balances. Okay, those balances are there. We're supposed to have something that we can all look at and that we know. Okay, this is fair. But they've been, you know, the balances in our country they've been manipulated. And all these, all who do these type of things are an abomination to the Lord. And there's a curse on those who do them. Okay, and look at, go to turn to Exodus chapter 22. I'm going to show you right now one of the reasons I believe America is already in trouble. We're already in trouble in America. I mean, we've. We've crossed the line a long time ago, but we're heading for even more trouble. But our predatory lending practices that we do in this country. Look what Exodus chapter 22, verse 25 says. If thou lend money to any of my people that is poor by thee, thou shalt not be to him as an usurer, neither shalt thou lay upon him usury. If thou at all take thy neighbor's raiment to pledge, thou shalt deliver it unto him by that the sun goeth down, for that it is his covering only, it is his raiment for his skin, wherein shall he sleep. And it shall come to pass when he crieth unto me that I will hear, for I am gracious. And right here we see that God's saying, if you lend to someone, one of my people, okay, now understand, I don't believe that all of this here applies necessarily to. Uh, you know, if you lend to somebody that's lost, a neighbor, or everybody in the world has to do this, but specifically amongst God's people, He said, you do not take advantage of people. If somebody has a need and they want to borrow from you, you don't be a usurer to them. 
If there's somebody in this church that's struggling financially and they have a need and you let them borrow some money, okay, you should not charge them interest. Okay? You shouldn't do that. I mean, you shouldn't take advantage of those people. You shouldn't be cruel to them if they've given you something maybe as kind of a collateral, something uh, that they uh, as a pledge, and then they pay it back. You give it back to them right away. You don't use lending to take advantage of people and to uh, you know to fleece people like a lot of people do. And then Leviticus twenty five thirty five says, "And if thy brother be waxen poor and fallen in decay with thee." Then thou shalt relieve him, yea, though he be a stranger or a sojourner, that he may live with thee. Take thou no usury of him or increase, but fear thy God that thy brother may live with thee. Thou shalt not give him thy money upon usury, nor lend him thy victuals for increase. We are not, so not only are we not allowed to make money, okay, off of our brothers when it comes to lending, but we're also not allowed to make money off the poor or the stranger. Even people on the outside, when people are struggling and going through a hard time, it is immoral to get rich off of those people. Yet, look at what credit card companies are doing to people all the time. Notice, I know people sign up for these things, and you know we'll talk about them in one of the verses in a little bit. But I'm telling you right now, sometimes people get desperate. They need help. They need help now. They're hungry. And you've got all these companies out there just taking advantage of these people. We should not do that, the Bible says. You do not do that. So, well, we do see that there is usury in the Bible. That they do, you are allowed, you know, interest itself is not always immoral. But I'm going to show you a little bit where it is okay to charge interest. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 23. Verse 19 says, Thou shalt not lend upon usury to thy brother, usury of money, usury of victuals, usury of anything that is lent upon usury. Unto a stranger thou mayest lend upon usury, but unto thy brother thou shalt not lend upon usury, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all that thou settest thine hand to in the land whither thou goest to possess it. When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it, for the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be a sin in thee. But if thou shalt forbear to vow, it shall be no sin in thee. So right here we see, talking about vowing a vow, if you make an agreement with somebody to pay them something, you need to come through with that agreement. You need to pay people back. But here we see, you do not lend with usury to a brother. Okay. Now, since I'm an American and... Sock Valley Bank are Americans. Do they have to lend to me without usury? No, absolutely not. I think as far as Christians go amongst us, we should not do that. You know, Brother Menez, you shouldn't start a lending business just with people in this church so you can get rich off of them. You shouldn't do that. Hey, if you want to do it with the strangers out there, that's fine. But which strangers can you lend to? Okay, Because we see here the poor, the sojourner. You are not... It is immoral to charge interest and to get rich off somebody who's struggling, who's hungry, who borrows for survival. Okay, Now, let's say, though, that Brother Lonnie's got a taxi business and he's making a living and he's doing fine. But he wants to go and expand that taxi business. And so he needs some extra cars. 
that he can use so he can grow his business, but he doesn't quite have the cash that he needs. If he goes and he's just wanting to expand what he's doing and he wants to uh, you know, borrow for that, that is appropriate to charge him interest in that. He's not... He's not borrowing for survival. He's trying to make an investment. He's trying to grow his business. And if you or somebody else decides, hey, I want to help you with that. I think you got a good plan there. I think you got a good chance to make some, some real money. And you enable him to make that money. It is absolutely appropriate if you make money off that situation. But is that the type of debt that most people are struggling from in this country today? Is that where the credit card companies, is that who they're helping? You know, people just trying to grow their business and expand their business? No, it's people that are just trying to pay for their food. People who are just trying to keep their houses. And it is, and you look at the terms, these quick cash places in town. It's wicked how much they are charging, how much interest. I mean, there's, I'm telling you, I know they don't use balances anymore. They're using, you know, computer software and, you know, number, they just got to punch in the numbers and stuff. But let me tell you, those numbers that they're using are wicked. I've looked up those numbers before. One time I went, I went on one of their websites. I just wanted to see what they're doing to people. And I did the math. And it is, it is wicked what they are, the type of interest that they are charging. Those are wicked companies that are taking advantage of people going through hard times. Well, these people are signed up for it. Yeah, yeah. And if you go there and you make an agreement with those crooks, you need to come through on your end too. Yeah, they're going to rip you off, but you know what? It doesn't make it right for you to rip them off too. If you make an agreement with them, you better be ready to deliver. But understand, they're out, they're out to fleece you. They're out to get you. And our country is in big financial trouble. And I believe a lot of it is because of our predatory lending practices. Psalm 15.1, a psalm of David, Who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Don't get rich taking advantage of people with usury, with getting a reward against the innocent. Don't do that. Proverbs 28.8, He that by usury and unjust gain increaseth his substance he shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. You know what that verse is saying right there? That person that's out there that's unjustly you know, taking advantage of people and getting rich through it, God's going to end up taking the money from that person. He's going to give it to the one that's having pity on the poor. You do the math. You would make more money being like these predatory lending companies okay? if you do the math. But according to the Bible... A person who's being a blessing to the poor, who's helping the poor, that substance that they gain, God's going to find a way to get it to you. I don't know how He's going to do it, but He'll do it. And we got to make sure that we don't participate in that. Because see, false balances, things that are unfair, God hates it. It's an abomination. It corrupts everything. And we've been talking here mostly about financial things, but not only... Are we not to have false balances when it comes to financial things, but in everything we do, in the standards that we have? You know, a lot of times people, you'll hear people talk about a double standard. You know what they're saying? Their standard that they have, it's not fair. It's not right. It's not right. It would be wrong for me to have a standard for one of my children and then not have it for another one. Okay? And at the same time, 
you know, I think we would all agree it's fair if I expect one thing from Tommy, but I expect less from Lana. Because the truth is, if I expect the same thing from both of them, that's not a fair balance, is it? Why? Because Lana's not capable of doing everything that Tommy is. Tommy's a lot older than she is. And so we're supposed to be fair in everything. We're supposed to have an even balance. We're supposed to, we're supposed to look at everything, check it all out, weigh it out. Alright, does this balance? And then, you know, if it does, God is pleased. If we're doing things to manipulate it, to cheat it, God hates it across the board. And another thing that we see in the Bible, a phrase that, um, is used quite often that goes along with this is moving ancient landmarks. Okay, look at Deuteronomy chapter nineteen, verse fourteen. I'll look at just a few verses here, real quick. Deuteronomy nineteen fourteen. It says, "Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it." Why does he want to move in their neighbor's landmark? Because people use those landmarks so they would know where the property lines begin and end, right? Because, you know, have you ever had that neighbor that likes to mow a little more of your yard every time? It's like they're increasing the size of their yard and shrinking your yard. Isn't that aggravating? And so you do. You put markers up, don't you? So like, hey, this is my yard. You know, because you know, what if they did? They were, you know, you just let it go, and they're mowing it all the time. And then one day they decide to build a garage or something, and part of it's on your land. We got a problem now, don't we? Okay, and so you do. You put up markers and things so everyone knows. And back in the Bible days, they did that too. You know, they had big farms, a lot of acreage, and so they would they would put up markers so everyone knew. Hey, this is where you know. This is Jehoshaphat's land. Stay off of that. You know, don't don't let your animals graze there. That's for his animals. But somebody might want to come along. It's like you know what? We we could use a little more room. And so they would take those markers and move them. That was wicked. That just causes confusion. You're now stealing. Now there's going to be this dispute that there shouldn't be just because you, under the dark of night, you went out there and you moved it, you manipulated it, and now they're going to have to bring the judges out there and they're going to have to listen to both of them. We need some proof somewhere. And you know, the older a landmark was, the more clear it would be that it had been there for a long time. And... The Bible said, don't, don't move these things. It messes everything up. It makes it confusing. Deuteronomy 27.17 says, Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. Proverbs 22.28 says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Proverbs 23.10 Remove not the old landmark, and enter not into the fields, of the fatherless, okay? So, removing ancient landmarks. That is one of the things that's going on in this country today. And it's getting us in a lot of trouble. It's, it's going on in churches today and messing churches up. How are we moving ancient landmarks? Well, one landmark that keeps getting moved all the time is this King James Bible. Okay? For centuries, we've been using this King James Bible. Everybody's using the same book. But you know... There's some things that I don't like in there. I'd like to make a step to the left, you know. But there's just some verses in the Bible you can't get away from. You know, there's there's some landmarks in there that are so obvious. So, let's move the ancient landmark. 
let's retranslate the Bible. And I've said this before, that theoretically, I get people wanting to update the Bible to modern English. There are some words in the Bible that's tough. Okay, what was that one word? There was that one word I looked at in there for weight that's, uh, I forgot what it was already. It's a weird word. I had to look it up to see what it meant. You know, some of those are tough. But here's the thing that none of, nobody's doing that. They're not even trying to do that. And you know what? I say don't do it. They don't need to do it. Just if you're struggling with a word, break out a dictionary and learn what, learn what it means. And let's just use the same old landmark that we've always used, that churches were using for years and years. Let's not move it. But you know what? People are moving the landmarks. And so now we've got confusion like you wouldn't believe. There's churches out there. There's Baptist churches out there that I have heard preach that you have to be baptized to go to heaven. Where does that come from? How can you get that when you read the Bible? Well, you're not going to get it from reading this King James Bible, but you will get it from reading the NIV Bible. There's preachers out there today, Baptist preachers, that are preaching and things like Calvinism. How do you get Calvinism from the King James Bible? You can't. I've never met a Calvinist that believed in the authority of the King James Bible. They all think they can correct it and they've got other versions they think are better. That's called moving the landmark. When you move the landmark, nothing's clear anymore. You know, and so, and it's wicked to do that and God had that principle of not removing landmarks. Because, it causes confusion. And our and the standard, the Word of God has been perverted today by all these other Bibles and we have got mass confusion. We're arguing about things that were clear for centuries. We're crystal clear. And now, they are not clear because somebody went and they moved the old landmark. And what we just needed, we need to get that old landmark back where it belongs. They need to get a King James Bible back in their churches. And if they would, we'd be we get back on the right course. But they don't want to do that. We're seeing also another landmark being removed is just the removing of the Word of God from everything associated with the government. We've taken the Bible out of the courthouses. You can't have the Ten Commandments in there. You can't have anything religious in there. You can't have a Bible in the school anymore. And now look what's happened to our morality. Look at what's happening to our justice system. We've been talking about our justice system, how wicked it is. We've been talking about our government, how wicked it is, and the laws that are being passed. You know, the landmark of marriage that's been the same since the beginning of time. It has never been questioned. It has never been a problem at all. But now, shortly after, a generation after they've taken the Bible out of everything in the courts, they've decided men can marry men and women can marry women. They removed the old landmark. They have removed the Word of God from everything. And now everybody's like, well, who's, who are you to say that people can't just marry whoever they want as long as they're in love? It's not me. I'm not the landmark. Okay, This Bible was a landmark. But guess what? They've removed it. They removed it. And now in schools today, you know, these kids aren't being taught the Bible. Parents today are too lazy to take their kids to church. You know, most kids these days that go to church at all, it's their grandparents taking them. Because the parents are too sorry and lazy to do it themselves. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And I saw a kid just the other day in the restaurant. I mean, just as queer as a $3 bill. Probably like 14 years old. And before this girl even said, I knew that kid. I knew what he was. 
And he was hanging out with these teenagers, and this one girl comes in. She's just like, she's like, hey, where's your boyfriend? He's like, I don't know. And these kids, I'm thinking, completely accepted. He was completely accepted. It was, it was like it was completely normal. And I'm thinking, we've got this whole generation coming up that thinks that that's normal. That thinks that that's fine and that's acceptable. How could they think that way? They think that way because the landmark has been removed. Do you think they've ever read that verse in the Bible? It says, man shall not lie with mankind, with womankind is abomination. All that do so shall be put to death. No, they haven't. They haven't. They never heard that before. They've never read the creation story. It says, male and female created he them. For this cause shall man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. They haven't read that. They haven't been taught that. They've never even heard that before in most cases. The landmark has been removed. They've not read the male and female created he them. And so, people can be whatever gender they want. And that's going on right here in our own community. Absolutely ridiculous. We see they've removed the ancient landmarks of science. Science has all been redefined today. Evolution has been now established as fact. You cannot deny evolution. If you deny evolution, you're a weirdo, you're a psycho, you have no business being in government, you have no business teaching in a school. If you don't believe the world's billions and billions of years old and just everything exploded and we're here. And people are scared to death. Politicians are scared to death. They get in huge trouble if they make a reference to a young earth. And they do. They try to avoid it at all costs. After John McCain had picked Sarah Palin for a running mate, they found out after it had already been announced and everything that she believed in creation and a 6,000-year-old earth. And that scared them to death. John McCain didn't know what to do. You know what? John McCain's an idiot. If He lets that scare him. You know, he... That shouldn't have been a problem at all. He should have been, I believe that too. But no, you can't say that. Marco Rubio got in trouble several years ago because he made a statement about in 6,000 years of human history. What? 6,000? This guy must believe in creation. And got him in all kinds of trouble. You know, science has been completely redefined. If you don't believe in global warming and, you know, man made climate change, you're the nut. And they tell us all the time this is fact. And you cannot deny it. And this global warming, this climate change stuff, is the very thing they're using to force all these new laws and taxes and things on us. You know one of the reasons gas prices are a lot higher now than they were not too long ago? is because since gas prices got so low, they're like, oh, people can afford to pay more. And so they added another tax to it. You know, it just... You know, they, they didn't announce it. You didn't hear them talking about that on Fox News and CNN or anything like that. But it's just a fact. It's illegal. A lot of gas stations have tried putting it on their pumps what all the different taxes are that you are paying when you buy gas at the pump. And they won't let them do that. I don't know how they can stop them. But apparently they can. And it's... But you know, it's, we've got to do these things because we've got to stop climate change. And now we've got the Pope who is trying to unite the religions and he is the biggest environmentalist that there's ever been in religion. And he is. He's trying to get religion and government to come together because we've got to fight climate change. And I'm telling you right now, I'm thinking new world order, one world government, 
He's got to be the false prophet. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but man, is he acting like it. And it's they use these things. Redefining. Removing ancient landmarks. And people have bought into this stuff. You know, the redefining of marriage. The, you know, it, I think it is for 6,000 years it has been crystal clear. Everyone's known what it was. Nobody denied it. It was not an argument. But you get rid of the Bible. You pull the Bible out of courts. You pull the Ten Commandments out of there. And they, have, they were able to pass that in this country. Our Supreme Court. Our Supreme Court that makes up, I believe it's six Catholics and three Jews. Okay? Now, wouldn't you think, aren't Catholics supposed to agree with the marriage thing? Wouldn't you think Jews, they've read Genesis. Wouldn't you think they would agree with these? But yet, they've got those people to vote in favor of gay marriage. Catholics and Jews. Because most of our country is Catholic and Jews, right? But that's all that's on the Supreme Court. That's it. The guy that Obama's nominated right now, he's another Jew to take a place of one of the Catholics. The, the Scalia that died. Just absolutely ridiculous. They've redefined biology. We talked about that with the whole male and female thing. From the beginning of time, people have always known as soon as the baby was born if it was a boy or a girl. That was new. I'm telling you. I'm calling it, folks. Pretty soon, they're going to quit putting male or female on birth certificate because what if that child decides later that they're not a boy? We don't want to cause problems for them. And they'll, they'll either do that or they'll come up with some creative way. You know, he is a biological boy. <laughs> you know, or a biological girl. You know, maybe they'll add an adjective to it. That way, if later they decide they're emotionally or mentally something else, you know, uh, it, it's so messed up. It's, it's confusion. The landmarks have been removed. So what can we do about this? Well, first thing we got to do, we just got to set the example for the world. Philippians 2.14, Do all things without murmurings and disputings that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Notice this is crooked and perverse. Why? Because you know the balances are messed up. Things are not straight. They're not like they're supposed to be. And therefore, everything's out of whack. Our nation, it is. It's crooked. It's perverse. It has been perverted. We need to remember also that we are just strangers and pilgrims on this world. Hebrews 11.13 these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So right there, that's what we are, strangers and pilgrims. You know, last year I finally think I woke out of my coma that I was in when I saw the LGBT lights on the White House. And I was like, you know, I'm done. This isn't this isn't my country anymore. You know, I'm a citizen of the Commonwealth of Israel. I, I'm visiting here. I'm a missionary here right now, and I'm, I'm just an ambassador here. Okay, First Peter two one eleven. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts. 
which war against the soul. We've got to start viewing our citizenship in America like a missionary does his visa to enter the mission field. Okay? Now, none of us here, nobody criticizes a missionary when they go to a foreign country and they do all the legal things that they have to do to be able to go over there and set up their ministry. We're all for that. They need to do that. They're going to have a hard time you know, starting a mission if they're running from the law as soon as they get over there while they're trying to deport them. It's going to be, it's going to be very difficult. So, we are allowed to take advantage of the fact that we are Americans. Legally. But you know what? I'm done with this mentality. I'm proud of being American. I, I, I'm done with it. Look at Acts 22, verse 25. i show you this is appropriate. I'll take advantage legally of the fact that I am, I am an, a citizen of America. Acts 22, 25, And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? And when the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. And the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, Yea. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtain I this freedom. And Paul said, But I was free born. Uh, and then straightway departed from him, which should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid, and he knew that he was a Roman because he had bound him. On the morrow, because he would have uh, would have known the certainty whereof, wherefore he was accused of the Jews, he loosed him from his bands and commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. You see, Paul, he's getting in all this trouble. He's being bound. He's being treated terrible. And it wasn't legal for them to do that to somebody who was a Roman. And Paul legally was a Roman. And said, so, hey, I'm a Roman. <laughs> and he wasn't lying. Even though he was a Jew, even though he was the one that wrote in Ephesians chapter 2 and said that you know, we are citizens of the commonwealth of Israel, he went ahead and he took advantage of that. So you know what? Yeah, I was born in America, and so I will take advantage of the fact that I'm an American citizen. I will use that. I will, you know, to my advantage, because said it, it would be hard for me to have a church here if I'm worried about getting deported and thrown out of the country. It's okay for us to follow the laws and to go through the motions, but emotionally speaking, spiritually speaking, folks, we just don't belong in this world, do we? But we are here, but we are here as ambassadors for Christ. We are here, we are just missionaries. We don't fit in with this world. I don't want to fit in with this world. I don't want to fit in with this country. I don't want to associate myself with the wickedness that is going on in our government. I don't want to have any part of it at all. But the thing is, I can't just go into hiding. I'm here. God has me here. He needs me here. And so I'm supposed to shine as a light in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. I'm supposed to proclaim the truth, set that example, and... Remember that this world's not my home. I'm, I'm on a journey to my real home. And I'm looking forward to getting there and getting out of this mess. But in the meantime, I'm going to try to see if I can't take a few people along with me. And we need to, we need to understand how important it is for us as individuals, for us as a church, that we have a just weight and a just balance. You need to be fair in your dealings. The world is going to rip you off. Our government is going to rip you off. The IRS is going to rip you off. 
your corporations or whatever that you work for, people are going to rip you off, but you've just got to keep on being honest. And remember that the Lord, He's our lawgiver. The Lord's, you know, the, uh, what was it? Our lawgiver? I forgot it. It was our monthly memory verse last year. He is our judge. He will save us. Okay. He's the one that's going to make sure everything's fair. He will take care of us. He will take care of His people. He will take care of His missionaries. He will take care of His ambassadors. But we can't get caught up. We can't get caught up into this. We can't start doing like the world's doing. The government's not going to get it right. Lost people aren't going to get it right. We've got to do things the right way. And we might just end up provoking some other people to be honest, and we can actually go back to being salt in this world, making the world a better place, being a preservative, making it taste a little better. And I hope you'll do that. So with that, let's all stand together. A just weight and a just...